How do companies create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? The team at The Receptionist, a Denver-based software company, sets out to answer that very question. Welcome to The Fabric. Here's your host, Michael Ashford. Company culture can get a bad rap in the business world, often because so few companies do the work to intentionally create it and keep it top of mind. As you may have heard me say on this podcast many times, you can't just slap core values and a mission statement up on the wall and say you care about your company culture. Company culture is demonstrated throughout the organization, often through unconscious action and language, but sometimes, oftentimes, company culture is best fostered when it is overtly built and cared for. That's what you'll hear from our guest in this episode, Tammy Shimp. Tammy is the Vice President of Development and Community Relations with Burke's Nature, a nonprofit organization in Pennsylvania. And you're about to hear the story of how Burke's Nature took the opportunity to reimagine its culture as it experienced intense growth as an organization, and how Tammy and the team reaped the benefits of doing so. And now, here's my interview with Tammy Shimp. Tammy, welcome to The Fabric. I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself, the organization that you're with, Burke's Nature, and set the stage for us about what we're talking about today, which is a, a major, I don't want to say culture shift, but a culture reimagining, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> Just introduce yourself and, and talk, a, talk a little bit about what, what Burke's Nature is. Uh, we are a private nonprofit organization. We are in Reading, Pennsylvania. We do a lot of things. We'll celebrate our 50th anniversary next year. Um, so for the past 50 years, we've really focused a lot on land and water protection for our community. In more recent years, we took a deep dive into providing environmental education to all of our region, really, of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And we're quite a destination for field trips. So our Nature Center doubles as our headquarters and we have field trip buses in here every day, educating children. And we also have a nature preschool on our site. So we do a, you know, a lot of important education work every day while still working with landowners and other suppliers all around the county to protect our natural resources. Wonderful. Love that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's good, good work. <laughs> The organization, I think the reason we chatted and got here today, which I'm thrilled about, uh, has really gone through some significant growth uh, since about 2022, 2021. Uh, so we were a smaller, you know, around here we say smaller mom and pop organization where it was maybe five or six of us working here. We could yell down the hallway to one another or quickly put our heads together and figure out the next step to any project or any challenge we were facing. We now have over 20 employees. So in a very short period of time, we took a lot of leaps. I know for some of your listeners, 20 employees may not sound like a lot, um, but for our organization, it was rapid growth. Yeah. And our leadership team really thoughtfully hired a third-party consultant and went through this culture shaping process. We're still going through it, actually, mm -hmm. um, 
to better prepare our organization for this growth and change. And it's been wonderful. It's an ongoing process, of course, uh, and hard work, but really uh, the investment in that and reserving time to address some of these issues, I think will go a long way as we continue to grow. I, I relate to your story, Tammy, because here at The Receptionist, I was employee number seven, and now we're nearing 30 employees. So we've seen similar kind of growth there in what you're experiencing. And, and I don't know, I just relate to it so, so much there. And the changes that happen as you get to employee number 15 or employee number 20 or 30, the, the direction you all took to pay attention to your culture as you grew what brought that about? What precipitated or, or brought that up for your leadership, as you mentioned, that that was something that we want to pay special attention to? It wasn't just about, you know, buildings and offices and desks and chairs, but it was about the actual people and their interactions. Why was that important? Great question. Uh, super important. We immediately recognized a need of how do we communicate with one another? You know, some things that may seem simple no longer really were that simple. And we, as we grew, we added more depth to the organization. So instead of, you know, six of us in somewhat equal positions, now, you know, I went overnight from supervising one person to supervising five. Wow. So how do you acquire those tools to best manage your team? And, and all of those things happened really in a very short period of time. So it just became really evident we needed some type of training. And the more that we talked about it, we recognized that the whole team could use the culture shaping um, training. So actually, our president, Kim, created a voluntary culture shaping team on our staff. So you didn't have to participate, um, but most people chose to. So we actually have probably 14 of us are on the culture shaping team. And this team meets more regularly and prepares like the next agenda. And we are all expected to be role models of the materials we are, you know, learning and the change we are trying to inspire. Uh, so that was nice too, to have so many of us involved. It really became an exciting thing for people. Again, there's, there's some parallels between your organization and the receptionist. We, we created a culture club as we started to grow <laughs> to, to do very similar things there. So, and we've talked about that here on this show before, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask this. I don't think a lot of people think of you know, a 50 year old nonprofit as experiencing that type of exponential growth that you just described, what brought that on? What, what precipitated the, the growth of the organization itself? Great question. And especially during a time where we were just emerging from the pandemic. Right. Um, right. So we were very fortunate, um, during 2021 to June of 2021 to receive an extraordinary one-time anonymous uh, gift of $25 million. Wow. And wow. all of that went into an endowment fund 
So the what's earned off of that endowment each year is what helps to support our organization. Wow. And, you know, frankly, we were doing a lot for such a small team prior to this time that in most ways, this gift allowed us to catch up, you know, staff ourselves to where we should have been a long time ago for the amount of work we were doing. (laughs) Uh, so about 50% of the income is invested in human resources and the other 50% is to be invested in our good conservation work. As I've heard our president say, you know, a gift like that could, could be detrimental to an organization if it wasn't managed wisely. So our board and our leadership team was very thoughtful in, um, controlling that and, we have slowly, since that time, slowly two years, um, little by little added critical positions where needed and are trying to get ourselves up to um, the staffing level that we need to keep keep up this good work. Yeah, that's that's a story not unlike VC funding or, or private equity funding in the business world is, you know, that can be. That can be kind of a cash cow and it can be, <laughs> it can, it can cause a lot of issues for sure. Sure. I'm curious as you got into creating this, this culture team and started thinking about how do we grow through this and, and remain this committed team of individuals as we grow and, and expand just numbers wise, what do those conversations look like as you started to dive into this culture shaping exercise? How did you kick off that process? I have to give our consultant the much of this credit because as soon as they were introduced to our organization and met our leadership team and started to work with us, they really guided us through a lot of the steps to begin those difficult at times, yeah. those conversations and helped us right off the bat, create this team, which I like your name better. We should have been a club, but, <laughs> um, Everyone on the team was just really eager to put a lot of the of new systems in place, you know, improve our communication. Um, we have we grew so rapidly that a lot of like the policy and procedure items needed to be addressed. Um, so I think it was g- genuinely the excitement and inspiration from those initial group, you know, the team that got involved and. One of our first tasks was to uh, create core values for the organization. Yeah. We never had that. You know, so who is Burke's nature? Who do we want to be? What do we believe in? Uh, and we went through the whole year of 2022 was spent really identifying those values. Uh, we took everything back to our full team. So it wasn't just the culture shaping team making these decisions, it was all of us agreeing upon it, which was important. And uh, really established six core values for the organization. That was our big first step. And now, to me, it's the fun work. Like now every quarter we focus on something else that helps us live into those values and represent those values on a daily basis. And you know, the recent hiring procedure we went through, you know, you really had to stop and think, is is this person a good fit for our culture? Mm. You know, how do they lean into these core values of the organization? So this whole process provided us with so many tools 
to better make sure that we're all fitting in and, and leaning into some of this new new practices here. Yeah. There's a couple different questions that come out of that. The first is, I believe, if I if my notes are correct, you call your areas of focus yards, like you're doing yard work. Is, yes. is am, I, am I correct in that? Can you explain that? Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. So actually, that was the second thing on our list. So now we had these core values, and now we're talking about quarter by quarter, we'll focus on like constructive communication, empowerment. Um, effectiveness, structure, and structure needed attention. Because mm. if you go back to my earlier comment, there was just five or six of us. Uh, as you know, no one follows their job description to, you know, <laughs> we all were just doing a little, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we got it done. And we recognized that we needed to more definition and the yard work exercise really took each of our focus areas, which in our case is land, community relations, education, and administrative. So each of those areas really just took a deep dive in defining their yard work. Uh, so for me, Vice President of Community Relations and Development my primary responsibility is fundraising for the organization and dealing with larger community issues. I had many things on my yard work list that didn't fit under that <laughs> new category. So then as a team, we would sit there and figure out, well, where do those other items belong? Who should be doing them? Maybe we don't have anybody to do them and then what? So it wasn't yeah. a per perfect process, but each each of those four teams went through this pretty extensive yard work exercise. And now we have this fantastic spreadsheet that identifies the activities of each position and which yards you share. So oh, if you nice. and I shared a yard, that gives me a platform to say, Michael, you know, your weeds are getting a little high over there in the, you know, <laughs> progress reports. What are you going to do about that? So it gives us another way to communicate with one another mm -hmm. across our yards, which is nice. And then finally, all I have to say about our yards is that there's a community garden. And that's where we all have responsibility um, as a whole team and within each department. So it really was a great exercise that, again, I credit Work Wisdom, our consultant, on introducing the concept to us. And, and then the final step to any yard work exercise is then you take that information and update everyone's job descriptions. <laughs> uh, and that kind of information will outlive any one of us here so that we're set with everything for the future. It's kind of like you're you're sowing the good soil, right? To to continue yes. the yard work <laughs> theme there, <laughs> I, and I love that. I love that you've given um, language that fits and is molded to the work that you all do as as Burke's nature and and the education piece that you all provide to the the community. It's just I don't know. That seems fun to me that you can call it a yard and you're doing yard work and, and things like that. It's just wonderful. 
Um, I'd be remiss again if I didn't ask you, what are those core values that you all landed on? Oh, of course. Um, I will cheat so I don't mess any of them up, though I practice them. <laughs> uh, well, we have six. And okay. um, we value healthy human connection, which fosters belonging. Number two, we value empowering strong, smart, and professional world changers. Mm. We value strategic creativity. We value clear, candid communication. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, we value future-oriented action while staying present to joy in the current moment. I'll talk about that one in a sec. And finally, number six, uh, we align our values, words, and deeds. Those are beautiful. And each one of those was those. given a great amount of thought. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> um, what was it that, go back to the third one. It was strategic creativity. Did I, did I hear that right? I would love an explanation yes. of what strategic creativity means, Tammy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, we, any given day, we receive a ton of incoming inquiries, phone calls, emails, social media comments. Everyone wants us to get involved in something, but you can only do so much, right? Um, without the ability to think strategically and, and get creative with certain projects, we'd be saying no to a lot of those. But instead, we see ourselves as uh, connecting other people in the community. So we may not be able to protect that particular resource, but there's someone else that we're aware of. That was probably a bad example um, <laughs> that could step in and do that so that we can be strategic in what we're aimed to do, but still be a good partner in the community and not have to turn anything down. Um, yeah. It also gives us the ability to really get creative with some of our projects, you know, and that's the fun stuff. So pretend Michael came to us with, a hundred acres of forest that you want to protect and make sure that your forest is always your forest. You know, it's really important to your family. Uh, you want to make sure it's there forever. Depending on the situation, we could just use our standard tools that we do in Pennsylvania to protect the property. That's done. If there's complications to the project or that's, it's not as simple as it might seem on the surface, uh, we could really get involved with Michael's estate planning and be like, well, we can't protect it today, but have you ever thought about leaving it to an organization in your will? Or have you ever thought about this option? So it really gives us room to be creative in getting the job done um, because we want to be as successful as possible with our clients. And in the conservation world, getting creative with Funding and resources and partners is really important. Absolutely. Love that. There, there was one that you wanted to explain as well. Um, which one was that again? Remind me. Sure. That was the fifth one. We value future-oriented action while yes. staying present to, to joy in the current moment. And that one is just, as probably most organizations or businesses can relate to, you know, you work really hard and give a certain project everything you got. You reach your goal, bam, you're moving on to the next thing. And we are yeah. so guilty of that here. You know, we don't take time to celebrate as much as we should. And by celebrate, I don't mean 
everybody's going to happy hour today. I mean, <laughs> share the stories with our community, you know, be thoughtful about articles and who to get involved with and like just share these successes as much as possible um, and and take time to celebrate as a team. And so that some might think it's strange that that became a core value of the organization, but it was really important to our whole team to include that because many feel like we just don't take enough time to take that breath and celebrate yeah. as a community and move forward. There's so much alignment there, Tammy. I mean, our, our president and CEO, Andy, he's, he's always said there's a reason the F in fabric stands for fun and it is the first of our core values because if we're not having fun if we're not taking the time to celebrate those wins individually and as a team what's the point like <laughs> right. there's got to be something there that that brings a smile to our face and, and yeah it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like you said going out for drinks afterwards perhaps well maybe that happens sometimes but it, it is the celebration of what we're trying to accomplish and when we accomplish things, we celebrate that, we have fun with it, and, and we don't always take ourselves so seriously. <laughs> yes, exactly. Tammy, um, this has been fascinating, and I love this this this, this intentionality of, of starting and shaping your culture from the ground up after 50 years of, of being an organization. Um, as we kind of begin to wrap things up here, from your perspective, what what do you feel has shifted in the organization um, in in paying attention to culture with such intentionality and, and decisiveness? Mm -hmm. What are you experiencing? What do you see happening? A lot. It's yeah. great. Um, just, you know, immediately I think of our communication practices. You know, we actually have a document hanging in our general office area now and elsewhere that defines your response time to an email, your response time to a Teams chat or a text, how long you have to return a phone call. And I, again, that sounds so elementary, but we weren't all on the same page with that. Yeah. So to have those bumpers to know what is acceptable amongst each other and more importantly on the outside with our clients is really important. Yeah. So that's improved because we all know what's expected of one another and it's in your face. Um, and then things like, which I'm sure all office cultures experience, um, we call it triangulation, but office gossip <laughs> or, mm. you know, yeah. um, talking talking and behind each other's back, that kind of thing, or not, not just not being supportive and open and uplifting to one another. I can't say that that was a problem, but it's something that we addressed. And now we remind one another of non-triangulation. Like, hmm. um, yeah, you want to talk about that project, get, get so-and-so in the room and let's have a candid conversation. And so those little things have been improving as well. And just, you know, again, something that seems silly and elementary, but office etiquette. You know, when do you interrupt a meeting? How do you handle outside clients when they when you bring them in here? That kind of 
basic uh, daily, daily things that we run into as, as a group. Presents who you are internally and to the world, right? <laughs> you're you're yes. consistent in that, in that delivery. I love that. Um, well, Tammy, this has been wonderful. I, I, I love the insight into just what this process has looked like for you all. Um, I ask all of our guests about our core values here at The Receptionist, which this is the fabric, and fabric is our, our core values of fun, authentic, bold, respectful, innovative, and collaborative. As you think about your core values and in and, and hearing ours, which one of ours resonates most with you? Oh, my. Well, we already talked about fun, so I, we did. I feel like I can't <laughs> use that one. <laughs> is collaborative is your... Collaborative Final? is the C, yes. Yeah, definitely that one because that's, I mean, we can't do anything we do alone and we rely on collaboration and great partnerships, including the receptionists, uh, to <laughs> help us meet our goals and, and get through some of our challenges and projects. So for us, that's all, for me especially, I could say that's what it's all about, collaboration. Well, we are so proud to have been brought in on that journey as, as one of those collaborators as you all grow. And uh, I love hearing stories like this, especially with all the alignment that we've, we've uncovered in this conversation, Tammy. So thank you so much for being willing to share your story and, and that of Burke's nature here on the show. And I appreciate it. And uh, absolutely, let's keep in touch, okay? Oh, please. Thank you for having me. The Fabric is hosted by me, Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing here at The Receptionist, and it's produced by our creative manager, James Jordan. If you'd like to give The Receptionist for iPad Visitor Management System a try in your office, jump over to thereceptionist.com slash free trial and give us a test drive for 14 days with no credit card required. See what you think. And until next time, take care. <laughs>